Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Is he or isn't he? Because if you ask the fans, they want Zappy. If you ask the Patriots, eh, you can't get an answer. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, a guy who knows a thing or two about quarterbacks and the Patriots. That is Matt Castle, their former quarterback, along with the Kansas City Chiefs, among others. He joins us right now. So, Matt, as you're watching the game last night unfold, give me your thoughts as to what you saw from both Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Right. Well, it wasn't very impressive. I'll say that. And, you know, I thought that the conversation would change after last night's game that it kind of put to bed this controversy that's going back and forth between Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. I thought Mac Jones was going to get to go out for the duration of the game and go play, maybe maybe struggle a little bit, knock off the rust, do that kind of thing, and, and be able to overcome those struggles. But, look, he had three series in the game. They were three and out the first one, and then he threw a bad interception, and that's all she wrote. And it was such an interesting environment because the fans have zappy fever there, right? I mean, the Boston fans are into zappy the way he's performed since he stepped in for Mac Jones, you know, against Cleveland, against Detroit. He's played well. He's played efficiently, effectively. He's taken care of the football. And then they made the switch, and I was shocked by the switch that early in the game. And I know that, uh, you know, post-game, Coach Belichick communicated to everybody that he had that discussion with both quarterbacks. But, again, it's just hard for me to fathom if Mac Jones went out there and with with the way in which he showed that he wasn't lacking mobility, he could move around effectively, that if he was to go out and put together some drives that you're going to tell me that you're going to pull him out of the game because that was part of the sequency and how you wanted to play this game. It just uh, It's an interesting and unique situation that the Patriots are facing right now, and I really don't know if they know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. What adds another layer to this conversation, Matt, is what happened with the change at offensive coordinator this offseason and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge essentially platooning with the offensive coordinator duties. I'm curious to know how that could potentially impact the development of both of these young quarterbacks as the Pats move through the season. Right. Well, in the NFL, I mean, you've got to expect change, and that's going to happen. Josh McDaniel sooner or later was going to get a head job, and that was just the case of it. And they decided to go with Matt Patricia. Now, Matt Patricia, obviously everybody knows him as the defensive coordinator, but when I stepped in that building for the New England Patriots, he was on the offensive side of the ball working with, Skarnickian as an offensive line assistant, he really spent most of his time early on in his career on the offensive side of the ball. So it's not like he was completely uh, oblivious to the, and, and didn't understand what was going on the offensive offensive side of the ball. He's got a great football mind, but again, there there was adjustments that needed to be made, and I don't think Belichick would have put him in a position if he didn't think that he was able to do that, but they went through some growing pains early on, and you saw that through the offseason. You saw that through what players were saying. There was some frustration at times, but at the end of the day, when you start to watch this team and as it's developed and as the process has gone on throughout the early parts of this season, the offense has gotten better and better each and every week. Now, this last this last outing was not a good outing for the for the offensive side of the ball, but it was collectively across the board. This team didn't show up to play uh, offensively, defensively, special teams. They weren't able to get the run game going, which has been so effective. The offensive line was able to be the you know the the shape shifters that they've been able to be early on this season. So they they really were able to establish two drives in that game, and that's exactly when Bailey Zappi came in the. Uh, on the field and were able to spark him a little bit. One of them, the touchdown to Jacoby Myers was a blown coverage on the defensive side of the ball. The other drive was a great ball to Devontae Parker down the sideline by Bailey Zappi that set up a Ramondre Stevenson walk-in touchdown. But other than that, 
I mean, they struggled, and they didn't have an answer for what the Chicago Bears were doing defensively. Matt Castle, former NFL quarterback, former Patriots quarterback, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You know, having said everything that you just said, does it matter who the quarterback is, whether it's Mac or Bailey or the Patriots a playoff team? You know, right now it's hard to say. You are what your record reflects, and right now this is a team that's, I believe, what are they, three and four right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're struggling, and, and they uh, – they, they had good performances against, let's be honest, two teams that they should beat. Uh, a Cleveland Browns team that's struggling, that's ranked 29th in the league against the run, and they've had their struggles on the defensive side of the ball. The Detroit Lions, while they were ranked number one in the league offensively and the defense really stepped up in that game, their, their defensive side of the ball for the Detroit Lions was awful. So they, they beat two teams that they should. They also beat the Steelers, who we've seen them struggle throughout the course of this year too. So it'll be interesting to see as the year progresses and the competition starts to increase, especially as you get in the later part of this year when that, that schedule really rat- ratchets up, that um, – that what this team is made of. But right now they, they are struggling. And, and also in that division that they're in with the Buffalo Bills being one of probably the best team in the AFC, you've got the Jets at five and two. You've got also the Miami Dolphins are ahead of them. They're dead last in the AFC East, which is a position that they haven't been in for a long period of time. Matt, speaking of teams that you should beat, you're seeing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose back-to-back games against the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Carolina Panthers. Now, during that span, we heard the reports of Tom Brady missing a walkthrough before the game to attend Robert Kraft's wedding. And, of course, it's documented his absence during training camp. I'm just wondering, is it fair to question Brady's ability to be able to lead this locker room in light of some of the things that have happened in his personal life throughout the early goings of this season? No, I don't think so. I think it's unfair, and I know that everybody wants to point that to that as their struggles. But if you watch and you turn on the film, I mean, Brady's still throwing the ball accurately. He's still got yep. zip on the ball. It's not like his. It's not like his skill set has fallen off so dramatically that you've noticed like some of these guys where you turn on the film and you watch Ben Ben Roethlisberger last year and you're going, gosh, I think that he's on the tail end of it. It's this team collectively hasn't been playing well. Now some of it might be the play calling because again. They, they rushed the ball 15 times last game and threw the ball 50 times. And it's not like they were getting blown out where they were forced in that situation. They just abandoned the run game. And the other part of it is the defense has struggled in the second half of games. And you would go back to Atlanta where they gave up 15 points in the fourth quarter to make that close. You look at the, uh, the Steelers game. They shut them down basically in the first half but gave up 170 yards in total offense in the second half. And then you look at last week where they held them to just over 30 yards rushing in the first half and they explode for over 150, 160 yards in the second half. So there's got to be some kind of halftime adjustment and it's the team collectively. And the other part of this, and you, you guys know this, you know, in terms of watching football and understanding football, it's situationally, they've got to be better. They were two of 12 on third down. They got themselves in a lot of third, third and long situations. I think eight of them collectively, and they're only able to convert one of them. So they've got to be better situationally. And I think if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Tom Brady. And you can say what you will about what he's going through, but the, the guy is a tremendous leader. I've been around it. I see it and everybody respects him, and he'll give it his all in order to get this team headed in the right direction. I have no doubt about it, Matt, and, I, and I'm sorry for not wording the question properly because we all believe that Tom Brady has still got plenty of gas on the t- in the tank in terms of his individual production. But my question to you is, does the absence during the training camp and the absence during the uh, the Saturday walkthrough and meetings, does that potentially impact 
his ability to be able to set the temperature for the organization in terms of the level of urgency and how they go about their business week in and week out? Well, I think he sets the tone every time he steps on the practice field, and I understand what you're saying in terms of missing a missing a walkthrough, and I can understand how people on the outside look at it and say, well, he, he's not there, so how's he going to lead from not, not always being there and present? But at the same time, I think that group of men that have been around that locker room, which it's a lot of the same faces that won that Super Bowl with him a few years ago. It was a lot of the same teammates that he had that was in the locker room last year when they were in the number one ranked or number uh, number two ranked offense in the league, and he set records and did all the things that he accomplished last year. That hasn't changed, and they, they know how much football means to him. They also know and understand him as probably a person and as a teammate and understand that people go through things at times, but that doesn't change how they feel about Tom Brady and understand that he's the guy that sets the tone. He's the leader of that locker room, and, and guys respect him, and his body of work speaks for itself. And I promise you, when he is there, they, they feel his energy. They feel him holding everybody accountable, and that doesn't change. And it doesn't change because of what he's going through personally. He, he's got an incredible way of compartmentalizing that stuff and making sure that he's there and present for the task at hand. Matt, appreciate it as always. Thank you for the insight. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have a great one. You too. Matt Castle, former Patriots quarterback, former NFL quarterback, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And speaking of Patriots quarterbacks, is this not necessarily about just Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi? Is this more about a collection of quarterbacks that we will always link together? What are we talking about? You'll find out next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? They have struggled in goal-to-go situations. The Bears went 0 for 3 against Washington. Fields takes off. Left side, he's in. Touchdown, Bears. Justin Fields was pretty, pretty, pretty good last night. <laughs> Channeling your good. inner Larry Day. Exactly. Nice. But he was sharp, and, and there was a lot to like about what you saw. But I think we can all agree we are not 100% there yet. When it comes to Justin Fields, it's mm. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I'm a huge Fields guy. I yeah. thought last night was a, a big, big step forward. Because mm-hmm. I think anything that he does in a very positive way this year... Uh, is going to be a step forward considering the lack of 
just flat out talent that's around him. He's yeah. got okay talent. But Chris, I mean, can we we can both agree that we're not there that Fields is definitively a guy yet, right? No, he's not to do yet. Yet. But I think when we say yet, hmm. the whole point is we believe that he's gonna get there. Because it feels like there's a competent coaching staff that's around him and they have a plan in place. And maybe it's not to be ultra competitive this year, but it's to allow Justin Fields to survive a shaky offensive line and a deficient skill position core and get to the offseason where they have over $100 million in cap space and all their own draft picks. Well, I look at the draft class in quarterbacks from 2021, Hmm. and I have to say... We haven't exactly been bowled over so far. No. Trevor Lawrence, frankly, I'm a little bit disappointed with where he is right now. And I know he went through the nightmare of what was last season. But still, he's all a guy that we called a generational talent. Yep. Somebody that was a once every seven or eight years guy in terms of the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Matt Jones is fighting for his job, and he's... I mean, I think we all do have an idea of where the ceiling is for Mac Jones. I mean, I I think we all think he could be pretty good, but he's not going to be a star quarterback. And if they are thinking that somehow Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi is turning into the next Brady in New England, I think they are barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, I I would agree with you. I think when Matt Jones was drafted in 2021, he was the last quarterback in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And I think from a talent standpoint, everybody realized that there was a limited ceiling in comparison to the other four that went before him. So I I can understand why we're looking at Matt Jones and saying you would be somewhat limited with him as your quarterback. You're always going to be looking to upgrade from Matt Jones, but that doesn't mean he can't give you competent quarterback play as we saw in his rookie year. But in looking at this class, Carlin, I'm with you. I think everybody is underwhelmed with what we thought these guys would be when they were drafted in 2021. Now, granted, it's only been a season and a half, but you look at it, Trey Lance, we haven't really seen from him five starts, and there's really not a lot of positives to hang your hat on. When you look at Zach Wilson, yeah, the Jets are winning games, but they're winning in spite of him, not because of him. Um, he's much more of a passenger than the guy that's driving the bus for Gang Green. When you look at Trevor Lawrence, they got out to a decent start winning two of their first three games, but Carlin, then it feels like the wheels have come off of this team. And, and so, you know, I will say this, with what's going on in Chicago and what I saw last night, if they continue to go down that path in terms of how they call games for Justin Fields and allow him to use his athleticisms and his legs as a weapon – then I would say I'm most confident that Justin Fields, out of all of the quarterbacks in the 2021 draft class, is going to develop into a true franchise guy. I think he will too, but the one I'm most confident in is Lawrence. It would still be Lawrence at this point. Okay. And and I guess the primary reason is, even though he hasn't been great, the numbers haven't been awful for him no. this season either. No, I mean when you look at Trevor Lawrence's numbers, they're they're solid numbers. How, I mean, how are we really truly su- supposed to grade him off of what happened with all the stupid drama last year with with Urban? Well, it's, it was bad, but it was equally as bad with Justin Fields. Think about the dysfunction with Matt Nagy and him being on the hot seat and all of that stuff. They're changing general managers, changing a head coach. It was a disaster for them too. Mm-hmm. And on top of that. Justin Fields doesn't have the kind of protection that Trevor Lawrence has. No, and he doesn't have the weapons that he does either. Exactly. So yeah. I think there's a little bit of a difference in terms of 
you know, what a guy can get done. But Trevor Lawrence has been solid. He's he's middle of the pack in QBR. He's 16th in QBR at 52. Mm-hmm. He's got 1,700 yards passing, nine touchdowns to four interceptions. So not terrible numbers, um, but certainly not what we thought he was going to be when they drafted him with the number one overall pick. People were talking about tanking for Trevor Lawrence because yeah. we thought he was this once-in-a-generation quarterback. I- I'm doing a show in New York. I wanted to get a bunch of Jet fans on a bus and go to a Clemson game yeah. with Trevor Lawrence T-shirts on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It just hasn't It hasn't been that kind of season for him. Now, he showed flashes here and there, and we saw it at the beginning of that Eagles game before he went on to have five turnovers, and we saw it at the end of the game this past week against the Giants where he ended up leading a drive that got him right down to the one-yard line and potentially winning that game. But they still fell short, and they lost those games. And all I'm simply saying is when you look at what Doug Peterson is asking him to do, it's not representative of some of the things that you would want to put on a guy that has the kind of talent that would dictate him going number one overall. Yeah. Look, I still believe in his generational talent. But I came out of last season watching Fields a lot. And you can call it my Big Ten bias if you want. <laughs> watching Fields a lot. And Chris, there were not many throws he could not make. I came out of that thinking it was 1-1A, not 1-2 and two between Fields and Lawrence. Yeah. Not in that order. Lawrence Fields. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? And so I'm not surprised that he's getting better. I just want to see for Fields... The arrow continue to point up. Yeah. Can we get some consistency? And I, we're asking a lot, considering that offensive line, especially. Yeah. But yeah, can- I thought Larry Boren was going to put Matt Jadon in the Pro Bowl last <laughs> night. Didn't you? I mean, Jadon had two and a half sacks in the first half of that game. I'm like, why can't I get this guy blocking Micah Parsons? Right? I'm telling you, Micah Parsons be the runaway MVP. Oh, my God. Although you'll have your chance this coming Sunday. Yes. The Bears taking on the Cowboys. That is true. Just putting that out We'll get that big number this week. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. I I think you will see that as long as they continue to utilize Justin Fields the way they did last night, Carla. Think about it. You had 12 design runs for Justin Fields last night, totaling 55 yards and five first downs. On the season before last night, Justin Fields only had 11, no, 13 design runs, excuse me, 13 design runs for 28 yards and four first downs. It's like the light bulb came on for the coaching staff where they said, you know what? Let's take advantage of the elite-level athleticism this guy has. And when Justin Fields takes off to run the ball, he don't look like a quarterback running the ball. He looks like a running back. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. when you see Lamar Jackson, it's like, all right, this is a really Justin fast Justin Fields is a big dude. Justin Fields <laughs> looks like a running back yeah. running the football. But then they also did some design rollouts for Justin Fields in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Six of his 21 attempts, you're talking about design rollouts, whether it was sprint outs or boots, where Justin Fields is getting on the edge of the defense and he's stressing them not only with the passing game but and moving the launch angle, but also – the, the run game and being able to take off. So if they continue to do that, I think it's a way to navigate around having a shaky offensive line, and it builds confidence for Justin Fields moving forward. Okay, who's the best of the other three? Jones, Wilson, Lance. Ten seconds. Well, I can, we can't say Lance because we don't know. No. So we, we I mean, if you're asking me. Pick one. Mac Jones? 
Mac wow. Jones, he, he went said to, that he, enthusiastically. He, he went to a Pro Bowl. So Mac Jones, he's been to the he, playoffs. He's been to one Mac more Pro Bowl than I have. Mac Jones, <laughs> I, I just, I mean, like, it's like, what do you want me to say about Zach Wilson? I, I, I want you. Do to, you want me to lie to you? I no, can't lie you're to making you. my point with all of this by not even be able to convince yourself of any of the other three. No, I, you know what? I think it's what it is. Coming out of high school, it was Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Coming out in the NFL draft. It should have been Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. These two are clearly the best in that 2021 draft class. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we already proved to you yet again that we make you money, as we did with our primetime parlay last night. There's a reason we busted out the old money gun today. Mm-hmm. That's right. Cashed in. Up next, we'll tell you if you got a good bet on your hands or a bad bet on your hands. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we're, frankly, all about making you money, all about the wagering. Yes, sir. And sometimes, you know, we give you the play of the day. We hit you a little primetime parlay last night. Boom, you cash. That's that's what we do. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. But then there's also the question about what guys are going to do here in the future or what teams are going to do here in the future and whether or not it's a good bet or a bad bet. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? All right. Our host today, Evan Wilner, producer of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Evan, good afternoon. Hello, guys. Good bet, bad bet. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs plus 700 to win the Super Bowl, guys. Good bet or bad bet? That's a good bet. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are the best offense in the National Football League, and we know you got to score points to win chips in this league. I know they say defense wins championships, but that hadn't necessarily been the trend the last few years. It's been about being able to be explosive on the offensive end, and there's nobody that's more explosive than the Kansas City Chiefs. Offensive EPA for the Chiefs is 89. The Buffalo Bills are in second place. Their offensive EPA is forty six point six nine. So that just goes to show you how far and away the Chiefs are better on offense than any other team in the NFL. That's cute. Bad bet. Plus seven hundred is nice value, but in terms of who's actually going to do it, both the Bills and the Eagles, I would put in front of the Chiefs right now. The Chiefs have hosted the AFC Championship game I, four years I in a row. That. What are you talking about? I, I understand that. That's the last four years. Oh this year, God. right now, okay. who's hosting the AFC Championship game this year? Games in Buffalo. That's what everybody thought when the Bills beat them okay. last like, year in the playoffs. We're a game and a half in front. 
I'm sorry, did you when say Bill, MetLife? I mean, no, that, that happened the last time the Bills beat them last yeah. year in the regular season. Who hosted the AFC Championship okay. game? The Chiefs listen, did. Listen, all I'm saying is right now, I will pick with the Super Bowl that I picked at the beginning of the year, which looked pretty damn good. That's all. Both championship games are going to be at MetLife. <laughs> okay. Next. <laughs> in the first half of the Bears-Patriots game, Barely Zappi's NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year odds shifted from plus 5,000 to plus 800 at Caesar Sportsbook. Oh, my God. <laughs> Zappi finished the game at plus 650. He went from plus 5,000 to plus 650 in one night. So, Bailey Zappi, plus 650 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Good bet or bad bet, Carl? That's a, it's a bad bet. Come on. We don't even know if he's going to be the quarterback next week. Uh, I would say it's a good bet. If, as Mike Florio proposed a little while ago, Mac Jones actually gets traded this week, which I don't see happening, I, I think it's a bad bet to pick Bailey Zappi. Did they make that? Did they go from 5,000 to plus 800 after the first two drives, and then did they watch the rest of the game? Yeah. I don't know, Carlin. Here's the thing. If you would have asked me about this and Brees Hall wasn't hurt, I would have said bad bet. Now, I just I don't know. Who's going to be the offensive rookie of the year? Who's going to be the offensive rookie of the year? You tell me. Listen, exactly. <laughs> That's my point. Right now, I, I'm not going to treat the offensive rookie of the year as if they're the NFC South. Gotcha. When you say who's going to win. Who's going to win it? I, it's not going to be Bailey Zappi. Okay. Got it. Next. Sauce Gardner, plus 150 to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Good bet or bad bet, Canty? Oh, that's a good bet. Yeah. That's a good bet. I'm all over that one. Listen, there's not many times where a guy comes into the league with that kind of hype. And, of course, we know the hype of Sauce Gardner not giving up a touchdown pass in his career in Cincinnati. But, I mean, this dude already is one of the best corners in the National Football League. And we're seven games into his career, Carlin. This guy's legitimate number one corner. Like, he is going to be a shutdown corner for the New York Jets. I think it's a great bet. Not good bet, great bet for him to be defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, it's hard to argue that because he's been just absolutely amazing so far. Everything that Canty just said, I'm not even going to waste your time to echo it. Everything he just said, good bet. Next. John Morant, plus 750 to win NBA MVP. Good bet or bad bet, Carlin? It's it's a good bet. It was a great bet last week at plus 1,400 Ooh, when we were talking about that. Sounds like you got in on that, my friend. Well, you know, you know, That's all. Little ball, mama. Money, money where your mouth is, so to speak. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I still think a plus seven fifty. That's a pretty good number. And frankly, I think Morant's going to end up winning an MVP at least. Why not this year? As Greeny says, after four games, he's already the MVP of the league. But it's after four games. I, I think it's a good bet. Yeah, if he plays 70 games, it's an outstanding bet because I think he wins it. My only question about John Morant is can he stay healthy? He's on a team that's considered a championship contender. He'll have the narrative behind him. And, of course, he'll have to get through the Golden State Warriors at some point to prove how good they are and how special he is. Um, all of those things are are out out there. They're all possible. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy. If he does, I think it's a great bet. One more. Next. So the super boost parlay tonight on Caesar Sportsbook is Luka Doncic over 34.5 points. They play the Pelicans. And Sidney Crosby to score a goal. Good bet or bad bet, Chris Carlin? Over 34.5 and, and Sidney Crosby to score a goal. Yeah. It's a bad bet because then I got to watch hockey. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, listen, I do like hockey. I love watching it in person more, but I, I would say this. That's not terrible. What was the what was the odds again? Plus what? 
Oh, I don't have the plus. Oh, hang on. Okay. Plus 634. Plus 634 on that parlay? Yeah. All right. That's a good bet. That's a good number. Plus 634? I'll give that a good bet. Mm. Uh, okay. Let's see here. The pens, who do they have? The, the Flames tonight? 625. Okay. Plus 625. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go good bet. I think that's a good bet. Bet good. Should we let's play go that? With it. Maybe we'll play that for the play of the day. Maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Well, we you got to stick around invest to find that, out. Investigate that a little bit. I think we need to have a little Matlack on thin ice first to do a little reconnaissance yes. mm-hmm. on what's going on between the Pens and the Flames, and then uh, we can feel a lot better about our decision. I'll tell you what, Matlack has been just champing at the bitter, chomping at the bitter, whatever it's champing, it is. right? I think champing. it's champing. It's champing. He's been champing at the bit. Yeah. He has been champing at the bit to get to some hockey, and uh, we'll see if we get to the on thin ice segment of the show in just a little bit but that will be right around when we give you the play of the day which you obviously want to stick around for because we have made you money canty and carlin espn radio and on the espn app hey aaron Rodgers spoke today so there's gotta be something you want to hear you're gonna and some reaction that probably will catch your attention next canty and carlin espn radio 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN radio. Hey, hey, Canty and Carlin, ESPN radio, Aaron Rodgers speaking today. Pat McAfee show must be Tuesday. Mm. Aaron will have things to say. And Aaron had things to say earlier today about his team and the mental errors that they are making. If we have 50 plays and we have 10 mental misassignments or mental errors, that's 20% of the time. So that's way too high. You know, in the past, we're looking more like at, you know, less than 10%. So it gives us, you know, a really good chance to be successful. 20%, that's too high. You know, that's, a, you know, one play a series where you're really making it tough on yourself. So we got to fix that. And whatever that is, I think... You know, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. Got to start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, give them a chance. Thanks, Coach. Honestly, now you're making personnel decisions. Oh, but it gets better, Carlin. It gets better. When asked about this three-game slide that the Packers are on, Aaron Rodgers had this to say. You have to really be cognizant of when is the right time to speak and when is the right time to listen. We have two ears and one mouth for a reason. So there are times to listen, and then there are times where you've heard enough. And now it's that time to really crack the whip a little bit. So could be that time. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, Aaron Rodgers? You do more talking than anybody are in this organization. Are your ears working? That's what I'm saying. You, you hear yourself. You, you have one mouth and two ears, too, last time I checked. You're not an alien. Oh, my God. At some point, you got to shut the hell up. You're losing games that you shouldn't be. You lost to the Washington Commanders, Carlin. Like, I know that Jair Alexander said after the loss to the Giants in London, hey, if we lose to the Jets, I'd be worried. No, no, no. 
Losing to the Jets, no shame in that. They're a good football team. Losing to the Commanders, mm-hmm. not only are they not a good football team, it's a dysfunctional organization. So bad that the other owners don't want their owner, Dan Snyder, in the NFL, period. And this is the team that you went to lose to with a backup quarterback in Taylor Heineke. You lost to that bunch after having a double-digit lead on the road. Shame on you, Aaron Rodgers. You keep talking about everybody else, and you don't talk about the things that you need to be doing better. And I'm not just talking about production on the field, because I still think Aaron Rodgers is an outstanding player, but Aaron Rodgers, the leader, has a lot of work to do. Because it's clear that he hadn't been able to get on the same page with his head coach, and he hasn't been able to get on the same page with all no. of the young players that the Packers are relying on in order to realize their expectations coming into this season. Aaron Rodgers is playing fine. That's not the issue. Aaron Rodgers just won't shut up. And if I'm somebody that... He's not leading well, though, Carlin. No. And if you're the quarterback, Chris, you're in a position of leadership by nature. Chris, That's the w- position. I, I get that. One of the problems for me, though, is when you're a leader... One of the biggest things that you need to do is have your guys' backs. Yeah. And this does not feel like he has their backs at all. This feels mm-hmm. like somebody who is turning around and pointing the finger at each and every one of them. And if you want to do that behind closed doors, go do that. Yeah. And maybe that's happening. But if you're going to do that publicly, why would anybody want to follow you? Why would anybody want to follow you when at the first sign of adversity you're going to turn and point to everybody else as to what's going wrong? We played Tom Brady earlier today. It's not these guys are making mistakes. It's not these guys don't have the urgency. It's we. It's we don't have the urgency. It's we have to be better. It's we have to do this. Brady's playing just fine. Brady still can do everything he's been able to do on the field for the last five years. We know what the problems are down there. But when I look at Aaron Rodgers... He's playing just fine on the field. He just doesn't want to take any ownership in things going wrong. You are the head of the snake at this point. And for you to get the rest of that body to follow you, you're going to turn around and keep biting them? Come on. Come on. Have a clue. For somebody who is just this level of narcissistic, the the complete lack of self-awareness with is obsessed with himself as he is, is just amazing. Well, Carlin, here's the thing that I can't make heads or tails of. People keep talking about how it's a talent issue in Green Bay. I don't understand that argument. It can't be a talent issue if your team has the seventh best first-half scoring differential in the entire NFL. It, 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 can't, it just can't be. They have the talent, Carlin. They got seven first-round draft picks on defense. Seven. Three of them in the secondary alone. And yet they're allowing the highest completion percentage of any defense in the National Football League. Period. It can't be a talent issue when you got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. It just can't be. Nope. It can't be a talent issue when you got Elton Jenkins on the offensive line. It just can't be. And yet, Carlin, we're sitting here and we're talking about a team in second-half scoring differential that is the second-worst in the NFL. Minus 43 in second-half scoring differential. You know what that tells me, Carlin? There's something going on with the leadership of this team. It ain't talent. It's leadership. And when you have those types of issues, there are two places I look. The quarterback and the head coach. And both of them have to own the mess that they're in right now. The only problem is you got a guy in Aaron Rodgers that's doing things or talking about what the head coach needs to be doing. He's talking about what the GM needs to be doing. What about what you need to be doing as a leader? 
running over your teammates and backing them back in the bus over back over them to kill them dead in the media it, it doesn't work that's not how you motivate guys you met, you motivate guys by showing them you got skin in the game by showing them that you're with them by telling them yeah I got to be better too they're paying me 50 million bucks I got to be better so you can do your job better that's not what I'm hearing from Aaron Rodgers and that's why the Packers are at where they're at which is uncharted territory for Aaron Rodgers. He's never been three and four in any season through the first seven games. He's also never been a double-digit underdog at any point in his NFL career. That's how they get to this place, the lack of leadership from Rodgers. And when you're paying a guy $50 million, it just ain't about the passes he's throwing. Nope. It's about the intangibles that he's bringing to the organization. In this instance, Aaron Rodgers is detracting away from what they're trying to do. Well, let's call it what it is. I'm not convinced Aaron Rodgers has any intangibles. Why would I think that the way he's reacting right now? I mean, throughout his career, he's always had really good receivers. He's he's always, I mean, Jordy Nelson was a really good receiver. Yeah. You know, Devontae Adams is a really, really good, great receiver. Yeah. Greg Jennings, good receiver. Very good. And now you're at the position where you don't have it. And you're just pointing, oh, look, I don't have it. Oh, look, look, it's their fault. I don't have it. They're not good. What can you do? What can you do to fix the situation and get the most out of the guys following? Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.